Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. Folks, we are the oasis of truth in southeast Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley. You've identified our show as such. That's why you tune in every Saturday afternoon for this 30 minutes of opining on the on the perspectives that you'll only get right here. True perspectives, folks, that you don't get anywhere else. You tune in to us, whether you live in King of Prussia, whether you live in Jenkintown or Abington or or whether you live in skip back, it doesn't matter, folks. You're tuning into our show because you know, you know we got the truth that comes really quick at the speed of sound. That's why you listen to us. Thanks for tuning into us, and you've been with us for so long. We thank you for being with us today. But we want to jump into the show. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on and again what happened with the Rubicon and what happened with with Trump and 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 how in the world we are in this place of no return. And now again what's going on here now you actually had alvin bragg who's the district attorney in new york basically declare in a glib moment to a reporter that he doesn't need a crime because a reporter said why didn't you have a crime listed in the in the indictment where's the crime and uh and he said i don't need a crime well yes you do as per the sixth amendment you need a crime to indict so i guess in alvin bragg's world in the world of woke ideology you don't need a crime well, you do need a crime, unless, of course, you're a Democrat, then you don't need a crime, because we know the double standard exists. We know what happened to James Clapper. He lied under oath to Congress. He lied about spying on the American people. Like had John Brennan lied about a domestic spying operation on Senate staffers. Okay, so we know about that. Those guys are both above the law. Okay, we had Eric Holder deny deny a uh deny a, a, a congressional subpoena he didn't show up to a subpoena but nobody handcuffed him and threw him in jail no but they did do that to peter navarro but peter navarro said he doesn't want to go to a, a congressional subpoena he stayed out of it he gets arrested and handcuffed and thrown in jail there's a double standard there americans are seeing that too you know hillary clinton we all know what happened to her missing emails and bleach bit you know uh computer there and and how her server was, you know, she set up a, a server, a private server in a home to circumvent transparency surrounding her SLUS fund. We know that. Uh, we had the, uh, the 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 email chains that went out, top secret information, and everyone, all these instances were potential felos, felonies punishable with up to 10 years in prison. And we all know because James Comey laid out the indictment. So we know what happened. He laid out the indictment. He said it was extremely careless. And, of course, the law says gross negligence is all he had to prove. Well, he, he came right out and said it's extremely careless. Well, if you look into gross negligence and look up synonyms for gross negligence, you'll see things like extremely careless. That'll be like a close match to gross negligence. So he basically uses a synonym, a synonym to, the, to the actual the description of what the law is that defined it as gross negligence. So he uses comes up with a synonym. And he uses that when he did when he lays out his indictment. So he lays out his indictment to Hillary Clinton, but he didn't indict her. Okay, because he he said there was no intent there, and that was another point that wasn't even in the law itself. So the law had nothing in there that said anything about intent. But James Comey didn't care about that. He said, "Well, there was no intent on Hillary Clinton, so we can't prove intent. Therefore, we're not going to go after her." Well, it doesn't say that in the law. He just kind of. He wore, he read he read between the lines, I think. But anyway, you know, of course, we we know what happened there, and so you know, the whole point comes down to here is 
you know, what Trump did, okay, was not illegal. And I think that they're trying to make it illegal based upon how the filing was done in his books and how the books were put together. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to say, okay, he broke the law because he gave direction for this. But they're going to, each, I mean, they, they're going to have an impossible read here because they don't have any proof of this. And it wasn't in the indictment. So the indictment itself is not enough to convict. And everybody knew this. So when they had this, the indictment was listed on CNN. They're all reading it. You can see the long faces. Okay, you can see the long faces on CNN. All those fake experts, okay? You can see the, you know, Bolton was one of them. He had long faces. These guys were, he's got his arm in a sling and he's talking and John Bolton's out there talking about it. He had long faces. I mean, you know, Van Jones had long faces. All these guys had long faces. They're all going, oh my goodness. This is what they got. They got nothing. And Jeb Bush came out and said, there's nothing there. Willard Romney said, there's nothing there. Willard the Rat, that's right. Willard the Rat said, there's nothing there. There's no indictment. There was no crime listed in the indictment. I think that's what is the point I don't want to miss. And so what's interesting is that, and so then here they are. Okay. That now Trump gets up there. Now he does this thing and then he uses this for political gamesmanship because now he knows everyone wants to tune into what he has to say. So all these channels were airing his speech in Mar-a-Lago. So now he's being aired, but not on MSNBC. No, no, no. Rachel Mad Dog, she was on, on, on her show, Ask Rachel, she'll tell you another lie. She was on that show, Ask Rachel for a Lie. And she's talking on her show, and she's got Trump, you know, a split screen. So on the split screen, you got Rachel Mad Dog on one side, lying to her teeth, and to her left on her screen, you could see uh, Trump in his speech, and she says, well, Donald Trump's giving his his, uh, his response to this indictment, but folks, we don't want to go to it because we've heard it. It just sounds like a lot of political mumbo-jumbo, and so there really isn't anything newsworthy. So Rachel Maddox says, don't worry, folks. We're going to sift through it. If there's anything there that's newsworthy, worthy, we'll report it. Now, I thought it was interesting was she didn't point. So MSNBC, when she was doing the thing, would not air the Trump speech. I wonder how many people left MSNBC during that Rachel show, Rachel Lyon show, how many went from that to Trump's speech or searched it on the internet and said that's where he's at or going to another channel, another channel like Fox, who had his speech being aired. So she, they're not airing the speech, so they're telling viewers to go to another channel to get the speech because you weren't there. I wonder how many people did that. What's interesting in all of this, and I've said this on this show, you've heard me say it, I don't believe that the media and MSNBC and CNN, I don't believe these people are really at all interested, okay, in, in getting viewers and selling advertising and growing their shows. They're really not. And I remember saying this to one of my liberal uh, friends, and he made a comment. He says, well, that's insane. Of course they, they care. I said, well, if they really cared, they would not be shooing viewers away. They would not be shooing away potential viewers. They just wouldn't do it. So if Rachel Mad Dog was actually interested in people listening to her show and watching her show, she would not be telling them, if you want to listen to this guy to my right on the split screen talk, you're going to have to go to another channel because we're not going to air it. 
No, we're going to censor it. We're going to censor what he's saying. We're going to preview it for you and tell you what you need to know. So the only people that are going to stay in touch with Rachel Mad Dog's show are the people that want to listen to her pontificate and lie. People that really want to hear what Trump had to say were going to be forced to a different channel. Now, I'm in marketing. I get to tell you, folks, when you have a customer and you've chased that customer to the competitor, it's not very easy getting that customer back. So Rachel Mad Dog was not exactly trying to prevent the viewer from going someplace else. If she was, she would have prevented it. They would have aired that. They would have aired it. They would have said, "Okay, let's listen to what Trump has to say." I mean, she could still pontificate and say Trump is lying and and whatever. She can still say what she's going to say. It's free speech land. But make no mistake, she instead was forcing viewers to go to another channel. I just think that's evidence-based proof, Your Honor. Exhibit A, that Rachel doesn't care about her viewership. If she did, she wouldn't be telling 15 or 20% of them to go to another channel to find out what Trump had to say. She wouldn't be doing that. Because now some of those people may not come back to her show. So by definition, you call it a subtraction through subtraction, not addition to subtraction, subtraction from subtraction. So she literally is creating a show, a scenario to where people will leave and some because we know in marketing how that works some won't come back so when you share it when you shoot away customers it's not likely you're going to get this you're not going to get people back not all of them so if you have a hair salon and you're cutting hair and you and you you have a barber in there you're paying money to and of course that barber ends up moving on to to other pastures greener pastures or another job or something and that person has a clientele that came in because that barber, that hair stylist was there. And now here's another hairstylist. And that hairstylist is not as good. So the haircut isn't as good or doesn't make the person's happy. So the next time, the third time, I should say the second time that person comes back, they may not come back. They may go somewhere else because they weren't happy with the, with the hairstyle. I think when you're looking at customer complaints and all kinds of issues, when people go to another company, like a restaurant, when you decide, I'm not going to go here, I'm going to go to here, and you, you now go to a different place for whatever you're purchasing, you've then, you've established a customer for the other, for your competitors, what you've done. Rachel was establishing customers for Fox News and other channels. She actually did this thing. So again, she's now trying to bring people in. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. And, and obviously, Your Honor, there's another aspect of this truth I want to point out is that she was proved without any question unequivocally proved that she's in the business of censorship okay because she would not allow her viewers to listen to trump she was instead going to listen to him for them and report back to them the listeners what she the host thought they needed to hear folks these are truths that i couldn't make up a greek a greek author couldn't make this stuff up this really did happen but anyway, Trump's indictment was a big joke. And again, this is the point of no return, as I talked about, because it truly is. I mean, this is I mean, you, you've got so much you've got so much legal deficiency here. It's unbelievable. And it's evident to any fifth grader that there's no case here at all. There's no case at all. I mean, look at New York state crime, the underlying New York state crime that Trump allegedly violated, which is which is the exclusive crime invoked invoked in the formal indictment that's what he talked this is what's in the indictment which is falsifying business records in the first degree so 
This has a two-year statute of limitations on the New York criminal law. So, though again, the final alleged bookkeeping action of hush money payment and and the and the and the and the alleged illegal entries. Okay, well, that expired three years ago. That so it's passed the statute of limitations. So, I mean, that alone is going to going to dismiss the case. I think there's so much more to this, but you know, when you look at it again. The reporter asked Alvin Bragg, uh, where is the crime? He says, I don't need a crime. Well, yes, you do. You, yes, you do, Mr. Bragg. According to the Sixth Amendment, we all have rights. Okay? We all have rights. And so you should be bringing your indictment, your A-game, which is the indictment itself, and make your case with the indictment. Don't miss that. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, Alvin Bragg's just a, a George Soros lackey, and all these people are. They, You know, these, these are same people who, who do downgrade felonies to misdemeanors and they won't prosecute criminals at all. You know, that this is what's going on. Don't miss that. And, you know, I, I just think it's very, very telling. Hey, I, and did everyone see the insurrection in Nashville, Tennessee, the Nashville house that was under a siege by, by protesters. Okay. That want to, uh, remove the second amendment rights, if you will, of, of Tennesseans based upon the, the school shooter that, that took place there, uh, last week so democrats went out there and literally three democrats um they took over the state capitol and they literally uh conducted a a, a, a i don't I want to say it they they conduct they conducted their own little insurrection if you will i thought that was that was interesting okay so i mean this 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 uh you know i mean th this person was the mass killer this this audrey ale and she goes it's on a rain page and she kills a bunch of people. But, uh, you know, nobody, I mean, again, so here come these, these anti-gun people storming the state capitol, uh, this act of rebellion. Again, this is the left's, this is what, this is what they're alleging happened on January 6th. The difference in this, though, the difference is the, the one of the most, one of the most secure buildings on planet Earth, which is, which is the U.S. Capitol on January 5th which wasn't secure on January 6th, which became secure again on January 7th, uh, that Capitol building, I mean, there's evidence-based proof that there were security breaches that they, they chose not to, protocols they chose not to adhere to. Nancy Pelosi actually gave the day off to people. There were, pe there, there were no security teams there. There wasn't, okay? But in the state Capitol, they did. So they had the state police there to prevent these these rioters, if you will, from really disrupting things, but they, they are, uh, they are expelling these people. So they're expelling three house Democrats from the, from the chamber for their involvement in the rebellion. So these three people are being thrown out of the assembly. I think that's amazing. Republicans are fighting back. I just think it's delicious. Republicans are out there saying, okay, you're going to, you're going to hold a, you're going to hold a riot here. And, and, and literally Gloria Johnson is one of them, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. All three of them stood up and they allowed this to happen. All right. They allowed this disruption. Okay. And, uh, in the lower chamber and uh, the lower chamber and chamber, and they were just, uh, you know, a couple of days ago and they were, they were now expelled. They're all done. They're toast. And, uh, I just think it's interesting. And I just think that, you know, as we, as Americans understand why, why this happened, well, it happened because there was a complete riot going on in Tennessee. And the Republicans said, if you do this, you're going to, you're going to lose. Well, guess what? Those Democrats lost. Three of them were out. They were thrown out. I just thought that was interesting. And of course, the, the parallel with what happened or allegedly happened on January 6th 
what you're not seeing again, what you're not going to get in the news is the perspective you just got here. Who are these people? What were they doing? Why were they doing this? And it had to do with their with their opposition to gun laws. They can't change the law, so they're going to go there. They can't change the laws based on prudent, uh, sensible, uh, you know, persuade people through prudent sensibility. They can't do that. So they can't persuade people. So they're just going to try to, you know, threaten them. Okay. So they show up throwing their, they're throwing their hands in the air, yelling and screaming. And of course, the, the, uh, they threw them all out. I thought that was interesting. I mean, but anyway, getting back to New York, it's really interesting. Again, you got, you got illegal crime, homicides, murder rate that's spiking in, in there. I mean, illegal guns everywhere. You got people afraid to walk the streets or ride the trains. Okay. And then you got Bragg and Letitia James running on a, on a, on a, on a campaign platform that's, it's all designed about getting Trump. So, I mean, this is what's out there. These are the, 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 this is what everybody knows. I mean, even the most ardent liberals are against this. They're like, I can't believe that they did this. Okay. Because there is no crime here. And, um, uh, I just think it's a very, very compelling point. So don't miss that. I think, uh, as Americans, we, we're under, you know, we're under scrutiny. I mean, no, what's happening at the, at the, at the, at the, uh, school board meetings okay you had the justice department okay we we have our i should say the the no justice department okay the no justice department we have okay with uh merrick garland okay basically writing opinions and writing uh letters if you will saying how to handle parents as domestic terrorists when they're opposed to crt in the public schools so you've got crt being rammed down the throats of parents and you got merrick garland saying tolerate it because by you voicing your opinion against it, which is, by the way, the parents' legal right to do, parents legally have the right to say they don't want their children learning this drivel. They don't want their children learning this. And as as the big state supermajority, I should say, the big state, uh, deep state, Merrick Garland and Joe Biden make the claim, well, we have to support these teachers and their quest to indoctrinate the children. What are you going to do, uh, Mr. Mr. No Justice Department, Merrick Garland? And Merrick Garland comes up with a brilliant plan of calling them domestic terrorists. Okay, so he writes this this letter, and he basically says, this is how we're going to handle it. And literally, this whole thing is to silence parents. Now, this guy was a whisper from the Supreme Court. Don't miss it. Who is this guy? He was a whisper from the Supreme Court. That's who he is. And he and he literally allow is, is allowing his no justice department to go after parents for disagreeing with their children, okay, and and what their children are being children are being indoctrinated with within the schools with CRT with you know with with pornographic books being in the school libraries books that have titles and subject matters that we wouldn't read on this show okay are in the elementary school libraries and Judge Merrick Garland okay former Judge Merrick Garland now wants to be uh, you know who's a whisper away from the Supreme Court is now wanting to prosecute parents who are opposed to that who go to school board meetings and say, I don't want my children learning this. Do we as parents not have a say in what public education is? According to Merrick Garland, no, you don't. Okay, so make no mistake, even though the laws of the land give parents the right to have a say in their child's education and and to control their education and upbringing, according to these leftists, and remember, the guy that was running for Virginia against... Uh, against uh, Youngkin, okay? Um, I can't remember his name. I want to, I just can't remember his name. McAuliffe. 
I wish McCall. Yeah, Terry McCall. He, so he makes the comment that he says, he says that parents should not be involved in their children's education. They have no right to determine what should be taught to their kids. He makes a comment that's tantamount to that statement. Okay, very similar. And I remember watching this because Youngkin was down by six or seven points in the polls, and I went, "Oh my goodness!" Did he just say parents should stay? should mind their own business and let the states educate their kids, let those that know better educate their kids. He just said it. He just told parents to mind your own P's and Q's and don't show up to school board meetings making a fuss. So that in Loudoun County and all these counties that voted heavily for Biden, they turned out the youngin. And I'm telling you, the parents came out. You've got parents of Virginia saying, I'm not voting for these crazy people. One thing COVID did, was COVID forced parents to be involved in their children's education, which now they were able to do because everyone was home, no one was working, okay? And so now they're all showing their kids, they're all teaching the lessons, okay, that, that, that the schools had. So the parents are teaching their children the very lessons and the curriculum, okay, they were teaching them, okay, what the schools were teaching them. So now they're seeing these lessons and the curriculum. They're seeing all of this for the first time. And they're going, oh my goodness, what are we teaching our kids in school? This is what woke parents up. So when we say woke parents, and on this show, sometimes we do allude to the to the sleeping, and once sleeping now awakened parents that were in school board meetings that are just saying no more on this. But folks, make no mistake, that's who these Democrats are. And that's who they are. It's the same people that went after Trump in this fake indictment. Twice that's the Rubicon, no the point of no return. These are the same people passing laws in Oregon, okay, preventing Christian parents from adopting kids. Same people. So now in Oregon, because Jessica Bates, she had five children, she wanted to adopt two siblings because she's a foster parent. So she's got these foster kids, but she was denied uh, because she expressed concerns over Oregon CRT instruction schools. So she was denied the adoption of two kids. She already has five. She's already a foster woman, a foster parent, but she was denied because she, because she is opposed to CRT in the schools. So now again, the No Justice Department, Merrick Garland, and of course, you say people are against Trump. What's happening is all of this is coming to a head. So what's happening is people like us are making declarations, but declarations without the facts being out there visible. Now, the facts are there. I wouldn't be making declarations, but the visibility of these facts is only made possible because now people are looking to this. So when I make this show on the statement on the show that that in Oregon, they passed a law preventing Christians from adopting children. Look it up yourself, folks. You'll see it. It's there and why they did it. And, and, of course, the Jessica Bates issue, the case of Jessica Bates, because that is that is an unbelievable, unbelievable issue here. And then, of course, you already know what happened to, to Trump, okay? We already know what happened there, okay? And we know that. And, of course, we, we know that, uh, again, that there's no one above the law. We know, what, we know what Merrick Garland was doing. Again, no one above the law, even parents that want to protest CRT in their schools and school board meetings. They have to do that without speaking and coming to the meetings with emotion. We don't want that. So this is where this is where society's gone, folks. As Americans, we have to draw the line somewhere. 
And that's what we do with elections, okay? And we're looking forward to this May's elections. But anyway, folks, listen, have a wonderful Easter. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, this is Easter weekend. Have a great, wonderful Easter. And uh, thanks again for being with us today and taking time to be with us. We do appreciate it. And uh, as Christians, we have a wonderful message that, that God does live. And he, happy Easter. He overcame death, folks, for you and for me. So have a wonderful Easter. And uh, see you next week on The Watchmen. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.